You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. false teaching. We need to be able to identify false teaching. False teachers come in and they have subtle ways. They come into a church and they dress themselves in lamb's wool. They look, maybe even sound like sheep, but they're pretenders. They're disingenuous because all they want to do is divide and destroy. Be aware of false teaching. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dave, he shares with you the importance of staying in the Word of God and knowing your Bible. By doing this, you will safeguard yourself against the deception of false teachers. Remember, God's Word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he begins his message, Who are these guys and where did they come from? John says in verse 18 of chapter 2, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. So I looked at these scriptures and I wanted to go further, but you know me. I have a hard time going real far in some of these scriptures. However, they all blend together and it's difficult to study one without studying them all. But I've entitled this message this morning, Who are these guys and where did they come from? Because John is specifically talking about something here this morning. He's talking about men and possibly women as well. And as we began our study in the first epistle of John, we said that one of the main reasons that he wrote this letters was to tell the readers about false teachers. He wanted them to be aware and he wanted them to beware of these false teachers that would come in and lead the church astray. These false teachers who were deceiving people with words, fancy, glorious words, with all sorts of ideas and things that people were leading, were going astray because of them. They were straying from the true gospel message. Now, John got this from the source so to speak. John heard this, remember that which we've seen, that which we've heard. John heard this directly from Jesus Christ. Because in Matthew, in Matthew 7, in verse 15 of Matthew 7, Jesus is speaking and he says this, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, 
but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Ravenous wolves coming to you in sheep's clothing. The word beware here means that we need to be alert. We should be able to identify these false teachers and more importantly, identify false teaching. We need to be able to identify false teaching. False teachers come in and they have subtle ways. They come in to a church and they dress themselves in lamb's wool. They look, maybe even sound like sheep, but they're pretenders. They're disingenuous because all they want to do is divide and destroy. Jesus uses the same word beware again in Matthew 16, 6. But this time, he gets real specific when he says, watch and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now remember, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were the teachers of that time. They were the ones who made up the log and the gang, the Sanhedrin. So Jesus is impressing upon the disciples the importance of being on guard against this false teaching, especially coming out of the mouth of the religious. False teaching coming out of the mouth of the religious. What did he say was false about them? Their doctrine. Their doctrine was false. This doctrine was discouraging people from coming to the Lord. It was discouraging people to seek the Lord with all their heart. It was discouraging the people to open up their hearts to what the Lord really wanted to speak of. And we saw some of that in the chosen when Nicodemus was visiting with Jesus. How his heart was so torn by tradition and all these things. And they couldn't tear themselves away. This was what Jesus was railing at. The Apostle Paul then picks up this same thought in the beautiful treatise in Acts. In the book of Acts, Paul is going to Jerusalem, then he passes through Ephesus, and he wants to meet once again with the Ephesian elders. He wants to meet with them one last time because he knows he's not going to see them again, and he dearly, dearly loved the church of Ephesus. I think it was his favorite. I think it was his favorite. So he goes, and in chapter 20... In verse 38 through 31, Luke writes this about Paul's meeting. Paul is speaking, but Luke is recording. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also, from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. Wow. Wow. The thought of people being deceived, the thought of people being carried away by another gospel brought the apostle to tears. Tears. That's how much it hurt him. And all Paul is doing here is echoing the words of Jesus Christ. He's saying that not only will they come, but you better expect the fact that there will come, and probably they're here right now. This warning 
about those who would come in looking like sheep, but they would have some weird concepts. They would have some strange ideas. And then would want to draw others away to themselves. And this is the evidence of a false teacher. Paul makes it clear that they will come even out of your own midst, he says, from among yourselves. Wow. This is extremely sad and extremely tragic. You know, when Paul was writing to the Ephesians, he said that the Holy Spirit had given the gifts of prophets, apostles, evangelists, and pastor teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's what we're here for, that you might be fed the word of God, that you might be perfected in the work of the ministry. It's the building up of the body, the strong body, until we all come to the unity and faith with the knowledge of the Son of God as we come into that complete person and we come into the measure of the stature of fullness, which is the image of Christ. That you won't be babies anymore tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and you won't be swayed by the the cunning devices of men and the fables which men stir up. This was the greatest burden upon the heart of the apostle. Burden to bringing him to tears, greatest grief, greatest sorrow, that men are going to come in and pray, P-R-E-Y, upon the flock. They were going to use you to build themselves up. Use you to make them look good. So he says, I'm leaving, but be careful. Ravenous wolves will come. Paul warned them night and day for three years. Paul says the same thing to the Philippian church in Philippians 3.2 and Philippians 3.18. He said, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Who was he speaking about? He was speaking about the Judaizers, the same ones that were in the Galatian churches, wanting you to say, listen, Jesus is great, and you can have Jesus, but you got to be circumcised. you got to follow the law of Moses. So these Judaizers were following Paul everywhere. And he told them, watch out for those who want to mutilate the flesh, want you to be circumcised. What did Paul call these guys? Enemies of the cross. Enemies of the cross. Why? Because they denied the cross's power. They denied the cross had any power to take away our sins. And they kept on saying, you need more than the cross of Christ to be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, If you ever hear that at this church, please get up and run out as fast as you can. Because that's a gospel. That's not the gospel. That's a gospel. And Paul wanted everyone to know. He says again in Romans 16, 17, Watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. So the Apostle Paul is warning, Jesus warned them, and now here John is saying the same thing. Don't be deceived. Don't be led astray. We've been studying this as we went through the first chapter of 1 John. He goes on to further tell us that, hey guys, I love you, but it is possible for you to deceive yourselves. It's possible that you might deceive yourself. Well, how do I deceive myself? By the claims you make. What? By what you say. You say, I'm walking in the light, but you're really walking in darkness. You're deceiving yourself. I don't sin. You're a liar. You're deceiving yourself. This is what John has said to us already in the first chapter. 
We can't deceive ourselves. We got to look at the truth. Remember, John is teaching us to be real, to be a real Christian. There's many, many people who make false professions of faith. I'm having fellowship with God. I fellowship with God all the time. Yes, but you're walking in darkness. There's a problem here. See, we become our worst enemies. And remember what John's doing? He's got this huge mirror. Hello. He's got this huge mirror. And he's holding up a huge mirror. He says, look into this mirror. Can you look at that mirror and say, I'm following God the best I can, as hard as I can? Look into that mirror. Or are you deceiving yourself? John doesn't pull any punches, and we can't either. You cannot fellowship with God and walk in darkness. This is deception. You can't say you don't have any sin and sin, because we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you say, I have no sin, what does the scripture say? What did John said? Well, that's great. You just made God a liar. Excuse me? The Bible's clear. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Paul even said to the Ephesian church, you were by nature children of wrath. David said, I was born in sin. So when we deny this sinful nature, we deceive ourselves. And this is what John is referring to. If we say we have no sin or sinful nature, we deceive ourselves. The Bible teaches clearly that I sin. Why do I sin? Because I'm a sinner. Sinning doesn't make me a sinner. I was already a sinner before I sinned. Sinning proved that I was a sinner. You get the idea here? God says all of sin. There's no one righteous. No, not one. No one seeks after God. So we can't deny the fact that we have this sinful root in our lives, the old man. And if we say we don't, we make God a liar. So John is saying, hey, gang, be aware. Be aware of what's out there. And then beware. Beware. Look out. Be alert. Don't fall asleep, church. Things are coming against us. John says these men will come. And they will be in the spirit of the Antichrist. Small a. Spirit of the Antichrist. And we discussed this last week in verse 18, but we need to read it again to get the context. John says, little children, again, I love that because you have a pastoral heart who's calling his flock little children. It's like J. Vernon McGee, my beloved. I like that, you know what I mean? Calling you his beloved. Yeah, and I like that. It's an endearing term, my little children. And we said John could say that because right now he's about, well, I don't know how many thousands of years he is now, but at this time he was about 90 years old. Everybody was a little child to him. He says, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist, capital A, is coming, even now many Antichrists, small a, have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. We discussed this last week, the capital A and the small a. John's further going to delineate who these people are. But John said that knowing that these men are here, knowing that these men are coming, we know it's the last times. It's the last hours. We said last week, when did the last hour begin? When Jesus was here, when he was crucified and went to the Father. The last times began. The clock began to tick. So who are these guys? And where did they come from? John wants to know. Paul tells us quite clearly where they came from. They came from among you. They came from among you. And this is scary. Really, it's scary when you think about it. They came from among us. Look what John says. One more, 19. They went out from who? Us. But they were not of us. 
For if they'd been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. Naturally, the us in this verse refers to the fellowship of believers, the church. Fact. F-A-C-T. Fact. Not anybody who comes to church is a member of the family of God. Fact. Somebody once came to me and said, why do you give an altar call almost every single Sunday? Everybody that comes is saved. I went, what? I said, I would be the most naive pastor in the entire world if I thought everybody sitting in front of me was born again. I said, I can't believe that at all, ever. That's crazy. They will come out of you. They will come all from you. From you, they will come. So these men and women come out from us, but John says they were never really apart from us. What's he speaking about? He's not speaking about those who left this church and went to another Bible teaching church or went to some other church to first worship and fellowship. That's not what he's talking about. John is speaking to those people who were never really part of the church. How do you become part of the church? You become born again, rebirth, exactly. You were born into the church. You were born in, you're born again by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells with you. When you accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, when you believe into a living hope that God raised him from the dead on the third day, when you believe in that, you become born again. And you are a part of the church. You are a member of God's family. But these people were a part of them. They had the right lingo. Praise God, brother. Yeah, praise God. Hallelujah. Woo. Yeah, brother. Yeah, praise God. They had the great lingo. They even quoted scripture, and they knew it, probably sometimes better than we do. And they were able to quote their scripture and quote their scripture and quote scripture. It says, but they were not of us. I call them posers. They posed to be Christians, but they weren't really Christians. They had other motives. They were seeking to divide. They were seeking to disrupt. All they were looking for was an opportunity to pull you aside and to get you to agree with them. They wanted you to agree with them so they could start their little clique. And then, you know, when we get enough people, we'll come after that guy on stage. And we'll get him because what he's teaching is false. What I have is far better than what you're hearing right now. You look surprised. Don't be. I've heard it before at this church. I got something better. I got something better for you. And you hear something like that, run for the hills, gang. Run for the hills. Who are these guys? John says they came from you. They deny, back in verse 22 and 23, listen, it says, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He's the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Who acknowledges the Son has the Father. That's who he's talking about. They're not true believers. They're posers. So many pretenders come into the body of Christ. They have impure motives. They come in and they deliberately come to create strife. One commentator said they come to spread their pernicious doctrine. Big word. It simply means harmful. A harmful effect in a gradual or subtle way. They don't come right out and preach their gospel right away. They take time to get welcomed in and they get rooted and grounded in the fellowship and they get seated here. And then they start little by little. They talk a great game. They really talk a good game. They tell you all their credentials. Well, I was on ministry here and I was here and I did this and I did that. They tell you how great they are and how great they can be. 
And they tell you what a service they can be to you in the church. Because they have all this to offer. They flaunt their gifts at you. They have these gifts and they flaunt them at you. Look at me. I have these gifts. You're pretty puny because you don't have this gift. But I do. You can use me. You should use me. Let me be you. They speak of what the Lord has told them. And then they subtly start to draw people away. They subtly start to draw you away. Why can you be drawn away? Well, you might be hurting. Maybe you've been through a hard time. And they have a listening ear. Oh, they listen to me. Yeah, they do. They befriend the sheep. They very subtly get close to them. They entice them by telling them they have something new. I've got a new revelation to share with you. A new revelation. Yeah. And I want to share it with you. One commentator said this, one must beware of those who seem to be so spiritual that they can't get along in any church. You ever notice that? People will come from church to church to church to church to church to church to church and back in your church again. <laughs> they can't get along in any church at all. They go from time to time. People seem so gifted. They seem so prophetic. They seem so spiritual, but they leave in a huff every church they go to. And finally, they're left to themselves. The only person they have is themselves, and they're happy with that. They don't enjoy the fellowship and the body of the Christ. Fellowship with themselves is the least fellowship that they can have because they're so spiritual. Nobody can fellowship with them because they're on a big spiritual plane. Well, you know, the writer of Hebrews had something about that. And people say, well, I can fellowship at home. I can do all this at home. I can do this. I can do that. Well, according to what's written in Hebrews in verse 25 of chapter 10, he says in verse 24, he says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching, capital D. The day is coming. The last hour is here. It's the same theme, fellowship. And this is what Satan had in mind when he threw the coronavirus at us. What are the four pillars of the church? Come on, students. Four pillars of the church. Fellowship. Well, yeah, that's the fourth one. Come on, guys. Give me one, three, three. Apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, prayer, and fellowship. Take one of the legs of the church away. What happens when you take one of the table legs away? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening. There's discouragement. Makes them avoid the community. They don't want to be around God. They don't want to be around men. And when we're around each other, something special happens when we're around each other. Something special happens. Iron sharpening iron. I may have gone through the same thing you're going through. Or you may be going through, maybe have gone through the same thing that I need to hear from. And we talk to each other. And we get to know each other. And we come involved in each other's life. And we have all things in common. Jesus Christ. That's pure Koinonia fellowship, there's that word again. Some people, I don't need to go to church all the time. No, that's correct, you don't. But you need church. You need to come here. You are a Our time with you has come to an end today on A Sure Hope. But in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 1 John. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Assure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. 
If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more information. Perhaps you prefer email. If so, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just look for a link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of 1 John. We look forward to the next time as Pastor Dave will share more things that God has put on his heart from this New Testament letter. But until then, we encourage you to read through the Bible on your own and be reminded of God and that He is a sure hope.